I ask that you would repeat after me this morning, those who are in person as well as those who are online with us on this morning. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now may the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Now we may be seated. We are thankful to our Father, God, and Creator for allowing us to be alive on this morning. It's a blessing to to be alive, it's not only a blessing to us, but it is a blessing to your family. Because once you depart from this world, uh, grieving will take place because a loved one has passed on. But your family don't have to grieve this morning for you because God has been good to you. And he has allowed you to be here this day not in this place only, but alive in this world. And you should be ever thankful to God for that. We welcome those who are with us on, online this morning. We thank you for your presence, for being with us uh, on today. I would ask that you would be going to the book of Romans. Just, just, just go to Romans before I introduce the uh, subject matter this morning. If it's not, you know, I'll, I'll introduce it in just a while. Um, a few weeks ago, our leadership met in a meeting, and we discussed the immediate future and the long-term future of the church, and we talked about a number of things uh, in that meeting, and one uh, that we talked about was that of sin and how to approach and treat sin in the Lord's church. Y'all do know sin exists in the church, right? All have sin and come short of the glory of God. And we wrestle with a number of things in our lives as human beings. And so, sin will forever be with us on the earth. And as long as we are people and human beings, we are, we're going to fall from time to time. But the sin that we speak of is a sin uh, where individuals abide in, where an individual practice, and it becomes a part of your everyday life. As a child of God, uh, it is our job to exemplify the life of Christ. It is our job to show the world, our friends, our family members, our co-workers, that the Lord has changed us from the inside out. And, and that's why we believe that sin is a big part of the subject matter in the Lord's church, not just here, but everywhere. And uh, we talked about how we were going to deal with it, and uh, from time to time you're going to hear different subject matters on sin and even 
uh, with the Bible class that will start this coming Wednesday is going to deal with a number of subjects that is going to be helpful and encouraging uh, to us uh, in that particular study. But in Romans chapter 1, if you dare, just say amen. Romans chapter 1, and the reading comes from verses number uh, 26 through verse number 28. And uh, I'm going to come back here uh, next week, and we're going to deal with some other things. But I just want to get my foot in the door this morning, and, uh, and we see how this thing goes on, on today. The Bible says, verse 26, for this cause, God, what did God do? For this cause, God gave them up unto vile uh, affections. For even their women did change the natural use in that which is against nature. Now, what I want to do, and uh, when you look at it, verses 26, he says, for this cause God gave them, and you're going to see it again, uh, God gave them up. And when you see this particular phrase, it literally means that God was handing over uh, the individual. It, it, it means, it's a judicial term, it means to hand over a prisoner to his or her sentence. And so God delivers the individual to whatever sentence or sin they fall uh, into. But nevertheless, he says in verse 27, and likewise also the men. Leaving the natural, God didn't forget about the men. He talked about the women, but he says, now the men leaving their natural or the natural use of the woman burn in their lusts one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense or the reward of their error which was met. Uh, meet, and I want you to know uh, here, AIDS is a clear example of the recompense or the reward by men lusting after men and receiving within themselves uh, that reward of error. Verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. And whenever you give up on God, uh, there's nothing else after that. At some point in some time, God, and I know we say God's love is high and it's wide and it runs deep, but y'all need to know God do does turn over people and God does give you over uh, to something. Whenever you reject God long enough, God will deliver you over to whatever mindset that your mind can take you to. And the Bible says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And then I'll come back as I stated. There are some other things you need to know uh, here. But 28, God, he tests your mind. And in verse 28, uh, God saw that their minds were, were wicked. And God gave them over to whatever lust and desire that their minds could lead them to. I want to talk to you on the subject matter this morning, the church and homosexuality. 
the church and homosexuality. For a long time, the church, some have been quiet on the subject of homosexuality. I stopped by to tell you this morning that homosexuality is real. And it's not just on the outside of the church. It is inside the Lord's church. We live in a world that is filled with sin. It is filled with lust. It is filled with filth. It has sin all around it. There's the sin of lie. There's the sin of fornication. There's the sin of murder. There's the sin of gossip. There's the sin of deceit. There's the sin of drunkenness. There's the sin of hate. There's the sin of, un, of an unforgiven heart. There's a, the sin of idolatry. There's the sin of adultery. But there's another sin that is running rampant and is becoming pervasive in the world and even in the Lord's church. And that is the sin of homosexuality. This sin, like all other sins, there is no big sin. There is no little sin. All sin is sin. And if you practice it and it becomes part of your life and consume you, you can be separated eternally from the Lord our God. This sin is a dangerous sin. This sin is closer to what we may say it is. Somebody say, preacher, why you say it? Because this sin can be seen everywhere. It's on the TV commercials. There are pills now that will lessen your chance from getting HIV. I want you to know that this sin is everywhere. It's in schools. It can be seen from elementary all the way to college campuses. It can be seen in your neighborhood. It can be seen in our communities, coffee shops, parks, playgrounds, workout gyms, workplaces, supermarkets. This sin is found on car lots. This sin is in it's in your family reunions. It's in the jailhouse. It's on the White House lawn. It's everywhere. It's in your family and it's in my family. Sometimes it's even in your house. Sometimes it's even the person that sits beside you. And sometimes it's even you. Mm. Oh, this sin is a dangerous sin. This sin tries to get you to see truth as a lie and believe a lie as it be truth. This sin is a dangerous sin. This sin works with your mind. It's based on deeds and thoughts. It's based on feelings. This sin is a dangerous sin. We don't like to talk about this sin, but it is alive and it's doing well. 
Somebody say, preacher, how does the church deal with homosexuality the same way we deal with all other sins? Because this sin is just as real as fornication. This sin is just as real as drunkenness. I know we put levels to this thing, but I need y'all to know ain't no sin bigger than the other sin and ain't no sin smaller than the other sin. They all have equal weight to them. And we deal with it with love. Oh, y'all not going to help me this morning. We deal with it with, with truth. We got to deal with this thing here with grace. We have to deal with this sin like all other sin with, with understanding. Let's get this thing straight right off the top. As I stated earlier, I'll say again. All have sin. Amen, somebody. And come short of, of God's glory. All people have sin. You know, if, if you are caught up in a sin, whatever that sin might be this morning, if you are caught up in that sin and that sin has consumed your life and you have made that sin a part of who you are, your job is you need to repent. Hello, somebody. You need to repent because if you fail to repent, then the power of the blood of Jesus will have no effect in your forgiveness of life. So you're going to have to practice what is called what? Repentance. And that's the change of mind that will lead to a change in your lifestyle. And I know it's hard to change what you have been doing for a long time. But if you want to be with the Lord for eternity, you're going to have to change and you're going to have to repent. Well, let's, let's look at this thing this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done, uh, but I want to just introduce this to us on this morning. And yes, there are a number of scriptures I can read this morning. I'll save it for next Sunday, but I just want to get my feet in the doorway of your hearts uh, on this morning. Let's go to case statement number one. Let's go to case statement number one. Uh, case statement number one. When you're dealing with a homosexual person. You got to deal with this thing with love. You, you got to deal with it with grace. You, you have to deal with it with, with some understanding. Because if you don't, you might do more damage than deliverance. The goal and the objective is to deliver the person. From whatever the sin might be. But sometimes what we do is. Because we know the Bible. We practice the Bible. We do more damage. Than we do deliverance. From the sin. Statement says I was forced into homosexual lifestyle. Help me somebody. Y'all ain't going to help a preacher this morning. I was forced into sexual, a homosexual lifestyle. Don't you know there are people who did not want to be homosexuals? They were raped at three. They were raped at four. They were raped at five. They went through some stuff while they were coming up. I was forced into a homosexual lifestyle. I was sexually abused at a what? Young age and never received any mental therapy for my thoughts, pain, and what? And behavior. 
you do not get any mental help. It will continue to be a practice in his or her life. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, ooh. There are people who have been forced into it. They didn't want it. They didn't ask for it. But their father, perhaps, their uncle, perhaps, their cousin, perhaps, some neighbor, perhaps, raped them repeatedly over and over. And even when they told somebody, they didn't even believe them. Mm. I was forced in it. Why, why are you a homosexual? Well, I was forced into this. I wanted to change. I, it was in my mind to change, but, but I didn't know how to change. No one ever gave me any help. No one ever reached out to me. No one ever gave me any steps. No one ever came to my rescue. Well, that's case statement number one. Case statement number two. I was made this way. And we're talking about the statements people make, right? We're not saying what's right and what's wrong. I'm telling you what, what, what people say. And if, you, and if you haven't been raped as a child, thank the Lord God Almighty. If you haven't been mistreated, abused as a kid, thank the Lord God Almighty. Everybody can't say that this morning. And I want you to know, case statement number two, I was made this way. That's what some people say. I was made this way. They say God made me a homosexual. Now... You Christians, we have to watch our tongues right here. Because what we will say, God didn't make you that way. That's the wrong answer. I say that's the wrong answer. That ain't going to help no homosexual change. By you saying God didn't make you that way, the Bible said that, that that's the wrong answer. You got to deal with this sin with love with grace, with understanding, with some mercy. You can't go into this thing talking about trying to knock down every door and every wall and tear up every fence that is around them. You have to understand what you're dealing with. Y'all ain't going to help no preacher this morning, but, but they say I was made this way. God made me this way. God made me a homosexual, right? And, and, and audience, I'm, I'm not talking about me. Now, I know I'm using first person I and whatnot, but you know, some folk may misunderstand that this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking. Y'all going to help a preacher down here. <laughs> but what if it was me? Hello, somebody. There was a woman not long ago in the Protestant faith who was a man, male, by birth, stood up before the congregation in which she preached, or which he preached, who was a transgender, had been a transgender woman for years, I think 20 or more years, came forward in a sermon and told the congregants that she led, and she took, I keep saying she, but y'all know what I mean, he led, uh-huh, and, and this thing is too confusing, but, and she, he opened up, before the congregation, that he was a transgender. And you could imagine 
what happened on that Sunday. <laughs> I was made this way. God made me a homosexual. It is not the time to say God didn't make you that way. When they first stated. Y'all ain't going to help me on this. Y'all ain't going to help me on this. See, when you deal with homosexuals, you, you, can't, you, can't, you, can't, you can't come in trying to tear up stuff. You got to come in trying to understand stuff. Hmm. Uh, uh, number three, case study, case statement number three. Watch this here. Go on this side. I feel like, y'all fill in the blank. I, I believe I am. I always felt like uh, there's uh, uh, Gabriel Union and uh, Dwayne Wade who has a, what is it, is it a boy? It's a little boy in, in, in whom they say that they are going to allow the boy to lead them. We will allow the boy to to wear whatever he wants to wear. <sighs> Y'all, our world is messed up. Um, <laughs> watch this here. I feel like I'm a man, but you were born. I feel like I'm a woman, but you were born. I believe I am a woman. When you were born a male, I believe I'm a male when you were born a female. That's what they say they feel, and that's what they say they believe. I have always felt like a woman. I've always felt I wanted to get in my mother's heels and my sister's clothes, and I tried them on. When they left, nobody saw me, but I did it when they were gone because I always felt like this. Church. That's not the time for you to be telling them you're lying. You don't know how a person feels. You can't tell nobody that they don't feel like that. They might feel all of what they are saying uh, they are feeling. Uh, and at that time, uh, it's not the time uh, for you to tell them they're lying uh, because you're not trying to burn bridges. Uh, you're trying to build them. If you burn them, you'll never get across to healing the person. You never have a chance, an opportunity. You might not save them, but if you burn your bridge, you'll never be able to get on the other side. What happens if a person comes in here? And let's be clear, that person may already be up in here. What happens? If a person comes up in here looking like a homosexual mm -hmm, and come down front and say, I want to be baptized. And I know what you say, Brother Phil's you and Brother Brown. Y'all going to have to take them in the back and y'all going to have to talk to them about their lifestyle. And I hear what y'all saying. I, I hear what you're saying. I understand exactly what you're saying, but let's say the person says, I want to change my life. I, I need to change my life. I want to give myself to Jesus, uh, but still uh, struggle with that sin. Boy, I thought I was preaching to the church of Christ this morning. I, I tell you, if anybody ought to understand these things, it ought to be us. 
I'm closing now. Yeah. And uh, go to Mark 5. Go to Mark 5. Go to Mark 5. Give me Mark 5 uh, this morning. And uh, let's see. Let me go over to. <clears throat> let me get there right quickly. Y'all doing all right this morning? Y'all still all right? I, I hope y'all come back next Sunday. I, I hope you will uh, 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 next Sunday. Watch, watch, watch this here. Give me verse number 8. Give me verse number 8. Watch this here in verse number 8. Uh, in verse 8, and, and I, this is Jesus coming into Gordarinus, and he, he comes off and he comes into the, the area of the region. And, and what happens, there's a, there's a man who's in the tomb, right? And, and this man was, was, was bind with, with feeders and chains, and, and, he, and he broke them, and they couldn't control him. No man contained him. Well, well, he comes to Jesus. That's the fella with the legion of demons in him, right? A, a legion was 6,000 soldiers. And so this fella had a whole lot of demons inside of him. But he comes to Jesus. Now watch this here. In verse number 8, for he said unto him, come out of the man. Thou unclean spirit. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. For he said, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. You got that? Watch verse, watch verse, watch verse, watch verse 9. And he asked him, What is thy name? <clears throat> and he answered, saying, My name is. He, he didn't say our name. He said, my name is Legion, for we are many. Uh, Y'all know Jesus already knew the name of this. Jesus didn't say, who are you? He says, what is your name? He didn't deal with the who. He dealt with the what. The who is in the what. <laughs> what are you? If I understand the what, I can deliver the who. The man is the who. The demons were inside of this man. Jesus, I believe, was not saying that for his sake. But he was saying it for the sake of his disciples. I think this was a training opportunity. I think he was showing his disciples that there are going to be some cases when I'm gone back to glory that y'all going to deal with. That y'all won't always understand as a human being. Uh, but in order for you to heal it and treat it, you're going to have to know what you're dealing with. And he says over here, what is thy name? Jesus, I believe, wanted these disciples to, uh, to ask rather your importance in your approach is very significant. How you approach it. Jesus already knew who he was. Matter of fact, before he came into the region, he already knew he was going to come up to him. But Jesus says, what is your name? He says, my name is what? Legion. You got to understand what you're dealing with. Your approach makes all the difference in the world if you're going to reach somebody. And sometimes you only have a few seconds to make a grand entrance into somebody's mind. 
because they'll read you right from the jump. And they'll cut you off and you, they'll never let you back in again. When you go to your doctor, he don't say, Brother Al or she don't say, who are you? She asks, what's wrong with you? I know my doctor asks, what's wrong with you today? <laughs> what's wrong with you? Not who are you. She already knows who I am. What's wrong with you? Before I can pronounce a diagnosis, I need to know what's going on with you. Before I can write up a prescription, I need to know what's going on with you. If we don't understand the problem, how can the church give the solution? Oh, man. Come on. Oh. Church, we're trying to deal with some sins in the church. Preachers, elders, and deacons. We're trying to give solution to stuff we don't even understand. Preach, Fields. I know I'm preaching. We're taking people in the back, sitting them down, trying to counsel them when we ourselves need counseling on the subject matter in order to counsel somebody else. Preach, Fields. I know I'm preaching. Verse, uh, there's a verse down there where it talks about he was, he, was, he was clothed. It's in there. Just keep reading. He was clothed, and he was sitting, and he was in his right. Get your mind right. <laughs> you got you to gotta strike the cards in the mind. And uh, the Bible says in Revelation or Romans chapter 12, we got to renew our mind. Mm. Well, I wish I had somebody up in here, Cheyenne. Are you the only one in here? You got to renew your mind. Oh, y'all not, not following me. You got to renew your mind. If you think on it long enough, you can become it. Preach, Phil. I know I'm preaching. You... You can become stuff you ain't never thought you would become. You can do stuff you never thought you would do. You can practice stuff you never thought you would practice. You think on that stuff long enough. Your eyes and your ears. You better watch what they look at. But watch what they listen to. Not long ago, uh, I was at the school. <laughs> Little fella said, uh, he told another kid, he said, uh, he said, Mr. Viltz, he said, uh, trying to remember, David, y'all don't know David. David said, he like me. Now, I don't know what kind of like he was talking about. I can't say what kind of like he was talking about. But from the other kid, Jace, Jace had an issue with it. And Jace said, Mr. Viltz, David said, he liked me. You know how them kids do. I'm talking about second graders. I don't know what David's seen. I don't know what's in David's house. I don't know what David hear. But let me tell y'all something. We are fighting an uphill fight. When I was coming up, you frowned on that. 
I said you frown on it. Folk picked on you. Folk made fun of you. Folk threw stuff at you. I was growing up in Vilpet and we had a few walking around and folk made fun of those individuals. But, but they didn't understand why those people were the way they were. Mm, Y'all not going to help me this morning. Huh. Church, if we're going to be able to treat these sins, we got to deal with it like Jesus dealt with it. I say like Jesus dealt with it. There was a woman at a well who had had five, six, seven husbands. And Jesus says, you know, sitting down at the well, he says, the man you got right now, that ain't your husband, that's your boo. That's your side piece. And she was like, I can't believe you know all of this information about me. Huh? She went into the city. She told the whole city about a man called Jesus who told her about her lifestyle. There was another case. When the Pharisees came, they took a woman, they threw her down before Jesus. They said, Moses said, the law said, what you going to do, Jesus? Jesus wrote on the ground. I don't know what he wrote. Somebody said, Jesus might have wrote, he says, some of you, some, that's, that's, that's some of you. you. You're just like this woman and you're just like this man. I don't know what Jesus wrote on the ground. But whatever you wrote got them folk to think. Jesus says, ye without sin. I like Jesus, man. I like him. I can deal with him. I can live with him. That's why we can live with him till, to eternity. He says, you without sin. He said, cast. Jesus gave them permission. Cast it. He gave them permission to commit murder right there by way of the law. He says, go ahead, cast the first stone. The Bible says the old men begin to tiptoe away. They left from the oldest to the youngest. But then Jesus didn't forget about the woman. Oh, he didn't forget about the woman and her practice. Folks say, the Bible says, come as you are. Yes, come as you are. But when you mess with Jesus, you can't stay the way you are. Jesus told that woman, Jesus says, where are your accusers? She looked around and everybody was gone. Jesus says to the woman, he says, get up and go. He said, but sin no more. Oh, hold it, hold it, hold it. Now, now y'all know, know good and well Jesus was telling that woman, I know you ain't going to sin no more. Uh-uh. Jesus was striking a mental card with her. He said, the lifestyle you live in, do something about it. Church, the lifestyle some are living that are here, do something about it. The church and homosexuality. If you're not a child of God, you come by here in this word, believe in the same, repent of your sins, confess in Christ, put them on in water baptism for the remission of your sins. You're a child of God, you're struggling, you got sin in your life, you need to make some things straight today, you can come. You can ask God for strength. You can ask him for forgiveness. Huh? Church, I'm telling you, this thing is closer to our homes than what we really say. It's close. It's close. And sometimes there are even Christians. If that's your desire, why don't we stand as we sing?